I've always had a hope in the future. All right, Ben, come have a seat. What episode number? Oh, this is a big one. Is it? This is a real big one. Oh no! The the big the big two zero. Oh man! Our podcast has officially outgrown your age. That's not true. That's close. That's not true. Dude, this is the second time I've been disappointed where we had lunch. I'm not going to say the name of the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> well, that's because you didn't get anything interesting. Um, last time we went there, I got a melt. Wait, what impressive. did they do last time? Dude, it was just like a, a blob, bro. Oh, like, I don't think I liked what I got last you time didn't either. Like what you got because last time. I always get the same thing at this yep, place. Yep. And then today I got, it literally said fried chicken. And it said, and this is a place I would expect good meat and three. Yeah. And it said chicken breast and then two sides. And I was like, that sounds great, man. What did they bring you, Ben? They brought me a boneless chicken breast, <laughs> which is a what, Drew? A glorified what? It's a, it's a glorified finger. chicken finger. and the Which is, by the way, fine. It, it, it is fine. <laughs> But I don't order. They had chicken tenders on the menu. Yeah, I did not order chicken tenders. You ordered. I ordered chicken, chicken breast. And man, I don't know how you like your breast, but I don't like mine boneless. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Like <laughs> that's a, I, clip that. <laughs> clip it. Shoot it up. Yeah. And you know, I could tell you had one bite, and you went. Your whole posture just sunk. Just changed. I mean, my tip was still delightful. She. Yeah. She. She's fine. But. That food was not, was not. Well, she and didn't it, make the food, so. No, but. She could have told you. You uh, think, you think, okay. No, you, do no, you think yeah, yes, she I, should tell you, hey, by the way, I know what you just ordered. It does not have bones. Now, should she? No. Um, it is permissible not to. Okay. But it is more beneficial if she would have chosen to. If I was a waiter there, mm-hmm. and I've waited tables before. Oh yeah, bro. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am trying to do my best because I want a wad of cash in my pocket. Right. How do you get a wad of cash? You give a wad of information. Wad of information. Mm-hmm. That was good. Better than what I was gonna do. I was talking about a wad of cash, boneless breast. I didn't know where I was gonna go with it, but you. I nailed it. You, you crushed it. Let me be a teaching pastor here, Ben. Um, done. <laughs> don't please don't. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm Ben, sitting here with Drew, our new teaching pastor. <clears throat> yeah. Today yeah. we're gonna talk about child sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> All right, count us in. All right. Welcome back to Continued Conversations. This is Ben Nelson. That's me. That's him. That voice right there. That golden <laughs> voice. That's Ben Nelson's golden voice. Give it to him. Give it <laughs> to him one time. Through, I'm not now. Give it Go to ahead, him. Keep going. I'm Drew Mercer. Yeah. The bronze voice. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit less than, than Ben's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're here. Yeah. Well, this is the 20th one. Yeah. That's big. You don't seem excited about it. You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm stoked and you're like, whatever. Yeah. Well, I turned 20 once <laughs> and not much changed that day. And uh, maybe this is the one. I mean, I think we're going... <laughs> 
we're going to we're going to the moon with some of our earlier comments. So this is it. Uh, we did get our uh, we won't get into it. We got our, our year review Spotify. Yeah, style. shout out all you people that listen to this for some reason. We got we got a few of y'all. That's T- tens of you. That's stupid. Tens of you that yeah. have us in your top ten pods. Yeah. Tens of you that have you as number, number one. one. Yeah, so this week we ended a mini series that I really love, but I don't think anybody else in our church liked. I actually liked it. And a I lot. enjoyed it too. <laughs> we did a uh, series called Prepare the Way, which was looking at the ministry of John the Baptist. We didn't look at his life much. We poked in there, but we talked about his ministry really. Week one was about repent, and then last week was about Lamb of God. Both of these phrases are really um, pinned back to John the Baptist. Not that they originated with John the Baptist, but they were solidified and stated by him more than anyone else. And um, both of them are important phrases. So Lamb of God was a revelation given to the people, uh, to the Jewish people, to Israel by John the Baptist, that the Messiah that was coming, that they were needing to change their thought pattern about, was coming in a sacrificial way for the atonement of sin, um, not in a vengeance way. And so we talked about how Jesus came uh, to bring a gift, not a gavel, um, so mm-hmm. that when there was judgment, which there will be, and which we are judged, we don't have to be judged by us, but we can be judged by uh, the sacrifice of Jesus so that we can be judged justly, but also receive salvation, which is a grace, a gift of grace, as Paul would call it. So it was a great week. Loved That's it. a very great week. Hopping into Advent next. And so, yeah. And so we had some questions come in during um, the message. Uh, and if you don't know how this works, that's how it works. You that's text, how it works. People text in messages either during the message or afterwards after they reflected on them. Um, oftentimes on Wednesday, right before we do the podcast, <laughs> um, sometimes we miss your questions, but it's great. Yeah, if you decide you have a question, feel free to send that in. On Wednesday, uh, 205-846-3172. People texting questions. Yep. Then I ask those questions now, and then you answer them. Now. Are you prepared to do so? (laughs) Do you under your own free will? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Please raise your right hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. All right, here we go. I'm in. So, first question on John the Baptist. How can I guard against theological preconceptions that might give me a false view of Christ and his mission today? So... The, the reason this question came is because, I mean, it was what the whole series was about, yeah. right? Is that if Jesus showed up today, would we recognize him or have we built him, manufactured him in such a way that he looks different than what we think he'll look like, just like Israel viewed the coming Messiah differently than what Jesus was? So how can I guard against doing it? I would... We, we mentioned this last week just a little bit. We talked about sola scriptura and that that's not the issue at all. The, we, scripture alone is enough, but sola in, interpretation, meaning that we would all be lying to ourselves if we didn't know that the scriptures that we know, if you grew up in church mm-hmm. and didn't just open the word yourself, that it came with some kind of interpretational leaning from whoever taught it and expanded it to you. And so uh, how do I do that? Well, does that mean I need to quit listening to preachers? Does it mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. Does it mean I need to quit, you know, being in a denomination that has a leaning? No, not at all. Um, but what it does mean is that we are responsible for our biblical consumption. 
And so I, how do I protect myself from building a false view of Jesus? Well, Jesus and others all through Scripture reveal a very important principle, which is to desire the truth more than your agenda. And so if you go into Scripture already with that, like, like when, it, when something supports your idea, instead of being like, boom, told you I was right, I think the first question should must be, hold on a second, that seems to support what I'm thinking. Am I reading that correctly instead of being just excited about it, right? And so going into the Scripture, willing to give up your will for the truth is so important. So mm-hmm. I would read Scripture with an open mind, um, and I would read Scripture— and especially when it comes around the person of Jesus, I would read the four Gospels. I would uh, read them under, under the understanding of those who are writing it. I would read what his brother says about him, James. I would read what Paul says about him, um, but also understanding that, like, James knew him more intimately mm. as a person. Paul recognized him in such a spiritual matter that we never uh, could probably can conceive because, I mean, what a transformation he had in his life. And so I would just go into Scripture to read it, and almost be waiting for it to change my perspective on Jesus, because there is something that we've judged about Jesus incorrectly, and I would almost go through Scripture trying to find the incorrect views I have of Jesus. How am I viewing him incorrectly? Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, oh yeah, I had him right the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, uh, when we make assumptions about people, or when we have a little... I gave a story on Sunday, good example, that um, I started buying gifts for my mom, when I was younger and I thought she liked zero candy bars and white diamond perfume because one day I saw her eat a zero candy bar. And one day after I helped her put a necklace on, I saw her spray white diamond perfume. And so I bought her that gift for like 15 years and like 20 years after buying that gift, my mom told me, you know, I don't even like zero candy bars. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? Right. Yeah, this the two things I knew about her were not even near the full truth. The, about her. I didn't let her tell me about white diamond perfume because it would break my heart if I knew the truth, probably. Um, and so I, instead of being upset and be like, Mom, no, you do like zero candy bars. I, I've seen you eat zero candy bars for 15 years. You do like them. Instead of telling Jesus who he is, we should be asking ourselves, like, who is Jesus and mm-hmm. what things do I have about Jesus that could be wrong that I need yeah. to change if we want the truth. If we want to just continue in our view of God the way we have it, then don't do anything. That's good. Yep. Okay. That's good. Number two. Number two. <clears throat> this is a good one. I'm excited. I don't know your answers. So I'm uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I was quiet at lunch today. We, you were very we quiet. Answered, you were more pondering. We Sometimes we talk about it. We asked questions, but I didn't really give you any answers. No. Right? And this one, this one I'm excited about. Okay. Okay. I want to reconcile the theological themes of God's justice mm. and his offer of grace through Jesus. Mm. So justice versus grace, is there a way to reconcile both of those things? Yeah, I think that the way you just stated it, which after you read the question, when you summarized it, is the assumption we all get that mm-hmm. was a little bit incorrect, and it was justice versus, versus. grace. Mm-hmm. That's not it's not what it is, right? Um, so the I think the best place we can see these things come together is God's justice doesn't have to be apart from his grace. His grace actually makes when now when he has justice, it can still end in our favor. Here's what I mean by that. And I explained this a little on Sunday, but not in these terms. God is a just God. He must judge justly. Our sin is deserving 
of wrath. And so in our sin, when we stand before just God, his just ruling would not be for us to have life everlasting, life eternal, forgiveness for our, for our uh, well, forgiveness for our sins is part of the grace part, but our sins have not, when ruled justly, would not get the things that that we would long for, but it would get what it deserves. That's the justice mm. of God, right? It's just, it's fair. Um, it is not good for us, but it is fair in the end. The grace of God is that knowing we would stand before the judge, he sent his only son, perfect and spotless, to be a sacrifice for us, and through his death and resurrection, we're thinking, oh, that's so nice of God. Really, is it? It's pretty morbid yeah, of God, right? It's it not is. nice for us, not nice for Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Like, 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 and so we see grace as this just mushy, sweet, lovey dovey thing. Right. When grace was God saying, I have to judge you justly, but I long for you to experience what I have for you. Mm. And so I'm going to send you Jesus. So now when you stand before just God, you are not judged by your works or your righteousness, but you're covered by the blood of Jesus. And so we are judged by Jesus's life. And that is how justice and grace can work together. God never quit being a just God. His grace paved a way for our end verdict to be still judged justly, but given to us graciously. The way we also say it here in other matters outside of salvation is when conviction meets our compassion, right? Mm. Um, like when, uh, and it's how you handle your, your convictions, in your, right? So like when I watch a show about kids starving in another country, there's an anger that rises up in me, right? right? And there's a justice that I want to serve. I could do that a couple of ways. I could look around me and be like, we have enough money in this earth to, to even things out. Why don't we do this? And I could have all this like anger within it. Or I could learn to have a discontentment and do something about it. I could have this compassion and say, well, what, what can I do for a child? What can I do for some people? What can I do? Right. And so when our conviction meets our compassion, it's actually usually when we move into action to right wrongs. And so um, the, the justice of God when meeting the graciousness of Jesus is really mm. where we see the fullness of the gospel. One of the places we see the fullness of the gospel. Yeah. That's one of those cliches that it's not like 50-50. There's not a divide. It's 100 yeah, we talked about that last right? week. Uh, we, I, um, that's weird. I kind of coined the phrase um, kingdom rhythms, and there's lots of those in Scripture, right? Grace and truth, mm-hmm. right? Um, we see them all, faith and works, right? We, we see them all through Scripture where we have become polarized in these things. Even things like fruits of the Spirit and gifts, gifts of, of the Spirit, Spirit right? Yeah. Like all these different things, we think they're, we think they're either or, when lots of times within the Bible, they're both and. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good. Very good. All right, question three. That was another good, all right, all right. I think. We Drew loves to here. say, all right. All right. All right. Question three. Hold on, I got an air bubble. All right. All right. By, by air bur- bubble, he means burp. Uh, gas within his body that's choosing a direction to come out. Up top. Up top. Here we go. <laughs> that was super weird. Question three. <laughs> You said beholding Jesus is a transformative act. Is that like sanctification? So we said behold the Lamb. And what I talked about was at the very end that if we would learn to behold, that was our action step. 
behold Jesus, um, that we would see what he has for us and we would show what he has for us. Uh, we, we talked about how John the Baptist had these disciples that were following him. One of them was Andrew. And how when uh, the second time that John says, behold the Lamb of God, he's with his disciples and he looks at them and goes, behold the Lamb of God, right? And uh, his disciples left him and started to follow Jesus. So after they behold Jesus, they begin to follow Jesus. And then Jesus turns to them and says, why are you following me? And they said, where are you going? And he goes, you'll see. Follow me and you'll see is beholding the same as um, sanctification. Um, beholding, I be be believe, is the beginning of the sanctification process for us. Um, I think the grace that is Jesus that came to us has to be beheld for justification, but also sanctification, because you do become what you behold, right? My daughter, Wendy, um, the other day, the other day, a couple years ago, actually, was like, Papa, I want to be a preacher just like you. And I just, it was the sweetest thing to me. And I thought, you know, what is it that she has seen that makes her want to be a preacher? Well, the only thing she's seen is me. But mm -hmm. she has beholded me, beheld me. Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, when it says, Behold, Jesus was transfigured before them. And all of a sudden, they wanted to become more holy too. Like, they wanted to just, right. just worship him all day. Right. They wanted to just be with him in all those moments. And so, um, yes, beholding and sanctification is not the same thing. But sanctification will start with beholding Jesus, seeing him. You can't imitate or become like something that you haven't seen. You can't um, become something you haven't beheld. You can't um, you know, begin to be transformed into something that you've never seen. So, yes, observing, beholding Jesus would be, I would say, an important step in sanctification. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that brings us to the last one. Oh, bro. Okay. I got my answer. You ready? I'm going to kill you. Yes, Ben kills Drew. Okay. Let me reposition Drew, for the last one. Drew, you're the uncomfortable person. Okay. So if you've never heard of Ben Nelson, well, let me start the, like this. The questions I've come to love <laughs> in continued conversations, okay, are questions that are sort of adjacent to what we talked about on Sunday, like not totally related. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you've never heard of Ben Nelson message, <laughs> you're going to get a lot of content. Oh, tons. A yeah. lot of content, yeah. right? I ain't lazy. No, no, no. You're going to get a lot. And so there's a lot of stuff in there, right? which means that there's a lot to pull from. Which is for why questions. we have this podcast. Yeah, yeah, Because exactly. of that, that. It's not a problem, but it makes problems sometimes. If you don't answer questions. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So, so we answer them. So that brings us to the final question. Okay. Which is not totally about John the Baptist. No. But was still in A the, story that yeah. I said in passing yeah. on Sunday. Okay. You mentioned the story of Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. Can you expand on why Abraham tried to sacrifice his son? What's it, the deal with child sacrifice? It just wasn't his favorite. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. you're like, you know, no. Uh, <laughs> so I did. I mentioned so the idea of the Lamb of God in the Old Testament was not um, was not in alignment with Israel's view of the messianic prophecies. Now, us as Christians and believers in Jesus, we see all almost all of the Lamb moments in the Old Testament as pointing to Jesus, whether it be the Passover lamb, um, whether it be the story of Abraham and Isaac, where Isaac just keeps asking, where's the lamb? And so we were drawing attention to um, some unseen prophecies 
that the Israel missed and the Jewish people missed, but that we see now that Jesus is here. And so I mentioned Abraham and Isaac, and I even mentioned that this is a scripture that I've wrestled with and we've all wrestled with. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, and I don't want to make an assumption, I'm glad you didn't make an assumption, but I'll make an assumption a little bit. Like you're not familiar with the story from the way the question is posed. Um, Maybe you are, and I don't mean to belittle that if you are, but um, no, no, I mean, in the scripture, God clearly asked mm-hmm. Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Um, it wasn't a take a trip with me. Right. And we'll see what happens. This was not an assumption, according to scripture, at least, um, into the Bible, uh, that it wasn't an assumption that Abraham made. Um, it seemed to be a very clear command. And if, and if that's the direction we take on it, then we have to say, like, why would God ask mm. that, right? Why would God ask Abraham to kill Isaac? Um, most, I would say, evangelicals' take on it would be that it's an act of obedience, that though God asked it, God was never going to let it happen. But asking it would see, like, how devoted are you to God, right? Like, do you, would you lay down everything, even if it didn't make sense to you? Would you do something that seemed out of character for me if it was from me? Like, like it's one of mm-hmm. those things, like, like how, and, and in that, uh, it's, it reminds me of a lot of passages. It reminds me of the Matthew passage where Jesus is walking on water, and the Matthew's account says he almost passed them by. Jesus wasn't going to pass them by, right? Right. Um, but it was one of those moments that it felt like he was about to pass them by, mm-hmm. right? Um, Isaac, it like felt like this was about to go down, but it wasn't, right? You know, my growing up would have been the gods, you know, always right on time, right? <laughs> never early, never late. Um, and there are some things that are a test within our faith, right? To see like where we are in it. And I think it's okay to test those things from time to time. I think what the question should be, at what line within your faith do you quit following Jesus if he asked of that mm. of you? Mm. I think we all have it. And wow, Abraham's was further than ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah further, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, like you mentioned the idea of an intentionally taking of my children or my wife or my family. Like, I don't want to serve that God. And it's actually an interesting thought because I had a roundtable with some uh self-proclaimed atheist in um, Georgia about a year or so ago. And it wasn't, in the end, I learned from asking some questions that many of them, it wasn't they didn't believe in God. It's believed that they believed at one point in God, but didn't like what he was asking of people. Mm. Whether it be a story like that, like why would God do that, right? And so it's a lot easier for us to dismiss God as real than to wrestle with where would the line be for me if God asked me where I'd quit following him as if that would result in anything better? I think that's where Satan really gets a a stronghold in our life too, is if we can actually identify things that we would not lay down for God as if it would result in something better for us in the end. And so, yeah, it's a, um, I mean, to clarify the question, no, God in scripture asked him to do this. Um, why um, would be assumed by different views and different theologians. The, the most basic answer is, you know, 
to, not because he would ever allow him to do it, but to see where his line was of faith. Like, and, and Abraham is not a passing character in scripture. He is, he is foundational to Mm -hmm. the coming Messiah. He is foundational to our life, um, to Israel, to, um, and even into other faiths into, yeah, into the Jewish faith, into the Islamic faith. Abraham is a role, um, within those things. And so, yeah. Yeah. My favorite line in that story is mm-hmm. it's, we're talking about faith is, uh, he is talking, I don't even remember who it is, but he's talking to someone at the bottom of the mountain before they go up mm-hmm. and he tells that person, we will be back. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah. meaning that he had faith that even though God had told him to do this, he right. knew they, both of them were going to come down the mountain. Yeah. And it's such a hard line to have faith that God's going to provide, but still following through with it. We talked about this a little bit. It's like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego quote, where they are asked to bow down to a false idol, and they said, we will not. And they said, we'll throw you in the fiery furnace. Will your God save you? And they said, he will, but even if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, well, which one is it? Like, <laughs> he will, or you're going to worship me even if he doesn't? Mm. No, 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 he will, but even if he doesn't, right? right? And what are you going to do? Are you going to sacrifice your son? Yes, and we'll see you soon, mm-hmm. right? So which one is it? Right? Like, mm-hmm. it's no, I am fully faithful, and God is always faithful. And we talk about that a lot. God's faithfulness is never what we have to question. It's our faithfulness. And so all that said, my line would be, if God asked me, would you kill Drew Mercer <laughs> for me? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Title of the episode. But, Title of the episode. But Brought it back he over. won't. But we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. But even if we don't. But even if we don't. What are we talking about? He does Oh, we're starting a new thing next I'll week. I'll be back next week. We'll, we'll, be back, we'll be back next week. But he'll definitely. But I'll be back next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, And he'll be back next week. You're really muddy in the waters for the answer to that question. But man. I'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happy Advent, everyone. <laughs> see you next week. And you're too young to know when we would dial numbers without area codes. No. Because your phone, your phone, when you would dial without an area code, would just call your local area codes. So if, and I was here and I dialed your number, my wife's number, or I'll make up a number. Yeah, yeah. And if I was, if I personally had a Montgomery number, then that would dial that lawyer. It will not now because we call everybody. But it used to be you had to pay for long distance calls. Anything outside of your area code. Outside of the area code? Yeah. It's not that far. No, bro. It's not far at all. Montgomery. Yeah. If you call yeah. Montgomery. That costs money? It costs money. See, I knew you were too That's crazy. Days. I did yeah, not know that. Yeah. So no. you could not call Montgomery. I had to call Cassidy on calling cards from my house because she was a 205 number. I was 334 down in Greenville. That's wild. So I'd go buy the calling cards so my mom wouldn't pay for long distance. <laughs> and I would call her off of a calling card. That's a true story. Wow. Your mom wanted you to fail. Uh, yeah. I Look think at so. that. You battled that adversity. I did. Get behind me, Eleanor. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> you got to stop. Make that drink be quiet. Mm. Okay. Guess that drink from the sound. Guess that restaurant that we wouldn't name. You can hear it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a sponsor, Ben. Relax. It's a potential sponsor. It's a potential sponsor. (laughs) I can be honest. I don't want it. You don't? (laughs)
any sponsor that ever comes. Hold on. No, I don't want it. From this point forward, <laughs> okay. they're going to get one question from us. Yeah. Do the chicken breasts right. have bones in them? No, no, no. In general, things without bones, should they be labeled wings or breasts <laughs> or anything else? No, they should not. They all tendies. They all tendies. All right, let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. Let's Go get it. into it.